It's coming in three, two, one. On the air with FDT TV, the premier West Ham and Arsenal football podcast, brought to you every Monday by Michael Hawes and Ian Vulcan. Hello and welcome to episode number 17, season number two of on the air with FDT TV. As always, I am Ian. Hi, Mike. And we have a very busy evening going on. As we speak, the Ballon d'Or is, is getting closer to being drawn. We already have a few awards that have been given out, and we'll go into that shortly. But before that, if you haven't already, make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel. Go over, look for the big gold cup, and subscribe. Our aim is to get to 100 subscribers before the end of the January transfer window, and that is coming around rather quick. But... Before we move on, there has been a few awards already, Mike. So the Copper Under-21 trophy has gone to Pedri of Barcelona, uh, which I think is valid. Um, he played how many games and was unbelievable last year uh, for Spain and for uh, for Barcelona. Uh, the female Ballon d'Or has been drawn, uh, and that goes to the Barcelona captain of Alexa Putelas. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Um, don't know much about that player, if I'm honest. I know a few of the women's players that play in the Premier League, but not around Europe. So you probably say maybe he's... Uh... We'll, we'll say well done. Well done. Yeah. Uh, don't know what else <laughs> really to say. So there are a few favourites for, uh, obviously, the Ballon d'Or. Uh, first off, being let me let me let me bring their pictures up on screen for those of you who are watching. There's lots of things going on. Number one, Jorginho. He's sort of the outsider, but but if I would say he's probably most deserved. He won uh, Champions League and Euros this year and was instrumental in both of those wins. Uh, Robert Lewandowski should have won last year's, uh, but it was cancelled. So again, had a decent season. He has been awarded the first ever Striker of the Year award, which was given to him by D.A. Drogba. Uh, and favourite uh, for the seventh title is Lionel Messi. Um, now, we've discussed it a few times at Ballon d'Or, and it, is, oh, it does seem to be a, like a political trophy as such. Um, so it is a bit more difficult to judge who's going to win, depending on who's fallen in and out of favour with the people who give it out. Um, now, for me, does Lionel Messi deserve it? No. He, okay, he did win the Copa America or whatever it is, but he's had a bit of a poor season, really. Barcelona was struggling, really struggling. Then he moved to PSG, and he's not lit the world on fire in arguably a farmer's league. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so I, I think Lewandowski... Should have won it last year, so maybe they should have sort of backdated it and given it to him last year's one at this year's awards. Um, but for me, I think Jorginho maybe deserves it this year. Yeah, um, I, w I would say Jorginho. Um, obviously, as you mentioned, won the Champions League with Chelsea, won the Euros with Italy, beating England on penalties. But let's not forget, he did miss his penalty, so can you say no? I'm only joking. I'm... <laughs> To be honest, when he when it was mentioned, I was like, really? And I think it's just because I don't like him. Um, I, 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 I say that in jest. I just hate the way he takes penalties. What, little? I hate a hop, skip and a jump. Play. <laughs> but it works. It really, really works. I think he's one of the most successful penalty takers, obviously, um, given the exception of the, uh, the World Cup final. But... Um, yeah, you can't you can't fault it because it really puts keepers off. Yeah. Um, but he has on he has missed he was, two against Switzerland recently. Yes, he did. He did. Yes, um, I forgot to mention that. Um, but yeah, I um I would say out of the three, one hundred percent, he um, Jorginho out of those three definitely deserves the uh, the the balloon Dior as uh, a very good friend Philip Bannon would say. Um, yeah, I, I don't understand what Messi's done to justify winning the Ballon d'Or again. Um, but if we if he does, obviously it would be clearly a, a, a quote, air quotes, um, Barcelona queen, clean sweep because obviously it would have been given for his time whilst he was at Barcelona. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I... 
if he does win it, then we know there's something dodgy going on. But yeah. Then again, it's FIFA, so <laughs> it's, it's it's obvious, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> something dodgy's going on. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> you're not you're not too far wrong. So after that big news, obviously, when, when we do get a winner, we will bring that to you. Obviously, by the time you're listening to this, you could have looked up already. You might already know, but we're doing it as it's as it's happening. Uh, now, number two on the agenda list of big things to happen in football. Ralph Rangnick uh, has taken over from the interim interim boss of Michael Carrick at Manchester United <laughs> and is now the interim boss of uh, Manchester United on a six-month contract. Now, there's been some confusion over Rangnick and who he is because some people have heard of him, some people haven't. Jurgen Klopp seems to be really impressed with him, uh, so do some of the other managers. Uh, and he's sort of been foretold as sort of the uh, the godfather of the Gagan press, so to speak. But for those of you who don't really know, managerial clubs of note, Stuttgart, Hanover and Schalke. Um, he spent the last couple of years uh, director of football at Leipzig, um, supporting some good players there, some good talent there. Um, and yeah, so and when I talk about those clubs, they were sort of the early 2000s, 2005 to 2011, I want to say. Um, and, and he's a sort of manager who has come into these German clubs and set them up for success sort of long term. Over the next six or seven years, they were in the Champions League, they were in Europa Leagues, um, and they were doing decently well in um, the, the Bundesliga. Obviously, Schalke are in some sort of financial trouble now in the second division. Um but he's not been there since 2011, so you can't really blame him for that. But he's only ever won one trophy, so is that the sort of manager that Manchester United want now? I personally do not think so. However, um, I think he's been brought in for that work ethic of trying to get players to run around and press. Um, other than that, I think it's sort of a two-finger salute from Ed Woodward to say, I'm going and I'm going to put you with someone who no one really knows, the media are going to go mad for, and everyone's going to laugh at you again. Um, but what, what's your take on, on Rangnick coming in? Um, it's a very, very, very strange appointment. I know that, obviously, they want someone with, with experience, I suppose, to uh, kind of fill the void, because I think looking at the previous uh, manager for Manchester United, obviously, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer didn't really have much in the way of credentials or uh, elite level credentials. Um, when he first came into the, the club, obviously there was that bit of a managerial bounce, which obviously gave him the contract. And I think it was just shy of his three years at the club for when, um, or just before he was sacked. I gave his all for the club. But for me, this is a very, very, very strange appointment. I don't understand why they have gone for an interim manager. Um, I think with the the likes of Ollie at the wheel, granted, I think they finished second and third in the last two seasons. So he's not done terribly. Um, he's obviously just not been able to progress Manchester United to title, title contenders where they want to be. Um, obviously, he's missed out on Champions League. Um, oh, sorry, missed out on winning the Champions League, missed out on winning the Europa League. Um, it's just not meant to be. But I think maybe this is kind of like a they've gone with who they can get sort of thing um yeah but i think when you look at the look at the likes of the the calibers of managers who would link with the job so such as your your brendan rogers um who else was linked with the job Pochettino. Um, yeah um I, I do i do wonder if this is kind of like a a temporary measure for for them to get one of those deals over the line. Obviously, with the the season in flow, um, they don't want, don't want to upset the apple carts with the, the 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 teams that they're currently with. So they've possibly agreed something on a on a, um, a preliminary basis, as if to say, right, we'll get the season over the way. You can give us X amount of money, and then you can have him. Um, so that may be the, the the logic behind it. Yeah, but yeah, I just it, it's such a strange appointment for me. Well, it's one of those things, as you said. Pochettino is heavily linked with a job. They wanted like seventeen million quid for him. Um, do I think that's the right appointment? No. What's he done? He's got to a final, then it all fell apart. Um, 
it's similar with Brendan Rodgers. What was his greatest achievement? Finishing second in the league. Do you know what I mean? They're not bringing in uh, humongous things. Um, I do think it's a, it may be a case that Edward Wood's going, bring in Ragnick, get in that style of football, and then get him to replace Woodward because he's a footballing person. And actually, all the clubs he's been a director of football at, he's done really well. He understands the game. He understands the players, having been one, and he understands management and the importance of it. Um, he also is playing this, or known for playing the sort of football that, that is successful at the moment. Obviously, it won't always be as styles change, but it, it, you can't go far wrong with hard work and, and high press. Um, mm-hmm. But that being said, we have some updates for the Ballon d'Or. So in, in at number eight, Kevin De Bruyne from Manchester City. Number seven, the best player in the world according to Liverpool players, Mohamed Salah. Uh, in front of him, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo at number six. And we also have the top five finalists for the Yashin Trophy, which is sort of like the best goalkeeper. Januigi uh, Dunarama, who formerly of AC Milan, now at PSG. Edison from Man City. Edouard Mendy from Chelsea. Manuel Neuer from Bayern Munich. And Janel Black from... Sorry, pardon me. Atletico Madrid. In my opinion, I think that's got to go to Mendy. However, it hasn't. I've just had a news flash. Granuligi Dunaruma has won. Very young player. Um, he, he won the Euro 2020. Won the Keepers Award in Syria A uh, last year for Milan. So, hard one to call. But again, uh, sort of a poster boy for FIFA over the last few years. Being this young, upcoming goalkeeper. But, nevertheless, well done. He is a good goalkeeper. He did very well uh, in the penalty shootout against us. And he's absolutely massive. A little bit like West Ham. Um, <laughs> I was waiting for it. I was waiting for do it. Do you think, right? Here's the thing. Back to Ragnar, a new flashover. Uh, Conte was linked with Manchester United mm-hmm. and was like holding out, holding out, holding out. And then he went to Tottenham a couple of weeks ago. And he's since come out and sort of said, it's a huge job to do at Tottenham. Uh, it's really bad here. The level of play isn't great, this, that and the other. Um, and essentially chucking him under the bus. And they've just lost to like Olsen or someone like that. Um, Mura. Mura, that's it. I do think potentially he will leave in January. Now, hear me out for this. Uh, Daniel Levy, we all know he's a fantastic businessman. There is no doubt about that. And anyone who argues that point is a little bit thick, I think you would have to say. (laughs) Would you want him as the sort of bloke running the football club day to day from a financial point of view, if you owned it, probably. From a fan point of view, no. Um, Tottenham always do their deals late. They always try to undercut and this that, and the other. I think Conte may leave in January when he's not backed properly in the market. Obviously, there there probably will be some um, promise for him to have signed because he didn't want to go there originally because they said they wouldn't back him. Um, could we see him possibly going to Manchester United in the new year? Don't know. But... Do you think Ollie would have been sacked if Watford hadn't got those late two goals and it being 4-1? If it had been 2-1, I reckon he still would have been at the wheel. I don't know. We've we've been speaking about um, his sacking for a number of weeks. I, I think me and you had a little bit of a, a side wager for, for him being sacked uh, a couple of weeks ago, which I very kindly took a, a bonus point for. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, so I, I think regardless of what had happened had they lost the i think i think what it would have been was the next loss would have been it um, um see the, re- the reason the reason i think it was those last two goals is they got drummed by liverpool they got drummed by man city and actually okay you lost to to think you weren't a drumming until the last two goals went in then it was and it's like hang on we're, we're losing to watford who were sort of relegation strugglers two weeks ago and now we're getting smashed by it that's the only reason i think i don't think there was any ever intent to sack him i think he was doing the right thing he was bringing in lots of money without sort of spending much money um mm-hmm. but i that oh to be a fly on the wall yeah absolutely um absolutely. but that being said we did have some games at the weekend some good some bad 
Some that were snowed off, even though Sean Dyche was standing in, in the middle of the pitch in a shirt saying, what's the problem? Um, <laughs> best, best picture of the weekend, personally. Um, so we kicked that one off, did we, with an Arsenal result where you played Newcastle. Newcastle. So mm-hmm. do you want to give us a bit of a, a recap on that one, Mike? Yeah, so uh, Newcastle travelled down to the Emirates uh, for 12.30 kickoff on Saturday. Um, I've got to be honest, I was a little bit apprehensive about this game and I was expecting a bit of uh, a difficult time with Newcastle. Obviously, Eddie Howe's first game in the dugout for, for Newcastle since he was appointed as manager. Um, he's obviously had some time to bed in with the players Um but obviously they still have got a massive job to do, or he has got a massive job to do, as we have mentioned in previous weeks. Uh, first half was a very difficult side to break down, I've got to be honest. Um, I, again, it was one of those ones I thought it was going to be a disappointing performance from us. We'd had a few chances, um, nothing I would say really clinical, but then in the um, on the other hand, Newcastle had a couple of chances as well. Aaron Ramsdale popping up with some absolute brilliant saves again. Uh, in the second half, it did take a good bit of link-up play between um, Nuno Tavares, Bakaya Saka, Emil Smith-Rowe, and we finally broke down the Newcastle defences. They had played very well and very sturdy up until that point. Um, there was a couple of dubious decisions, I suppose, either way um, in terms of fouls committed, possible penalty, penalty awards. Um, but shortly after, Bukayo Saka got injured and has had to be substituted off and in place come on Martinelli. I think it was about 84 or 89 seconds after being on the pitch, secured the win with a second goal. Brilliant touch, brilliant finish. Um, it's nice to see uh, him getting some minutes on the pitch. Um, it's It seems to be a very competitive squad at the moment, obviously, with even if you look at the likes of Kieran Tierney, the way that Nuno Tavares has been playing recently, um, Kieran Tierney is reported back to be fully fit and still can't get minutes on the pitch because of, uh, I suppose, the consistency of Nuno Tavares. I did see something... Um, that potentially why he has kept his place in the team this week is a bit of a confidence booster because he had a bit of a shambolic game against Liverpool, um, but the manager stuck with him. I thought he was absolutely brilliant, Mm -hmm. uh, pulled off, I think, one of the best challenges that had it been the other way, you'd be screaming for a penalty. But um, yeah, it was a last-ditch tackle, done really well. didn't even get looked at by VAR, so... It's just one of those things. And yeah, in uh, in the end, comfortable winners. I think that the first half was a bit of a drab display. Second half was a lot better. Aubameyang missing and hitting a post from a yard um, was, was one of those ones you were adamant that it was going to break the back of the net. It didn't. It hit the post. It went out and you could see the disappointment on his Emil Smith-Rose and Bukayo Saka's face. But it's just one of those things. <clears throat> um, but yeah. Overall, solid three points. It takes us now up on level points with you. You're only uh, above us on a superior, a much superior goal difference. Uh, but we are catching you, mate. And wow. soon we will be the biggest club in London other than Chelsea um, very soon. Well, I don't know about that, mate. <laughs> don't know about that, mate. Uh, we could be bottom and still be massive. Um, <laughs> massive failures. Um so with that being said, obviously Saka come off. It looks like he's got possibly a bit of a, a muscular injury. Um, if he's out, does does Martinelli start the next game? It's it's a difficult one because obviously we've we kind of forgotten over the last few weeks of our seventy two million pound player Nicola Pepe, um, who hasn't featured at all recently. Um, as I mentioned last week, there's talks about him potentially going in January. I think it's it's one of those things where we potentially admit our defeats uh, on that, as we have done with quite a few players uh, over the last couple of seasons since Arteta's been in, cut our losses and um, just say goodbye to him. And I think one one of the, the difficulties with Nicola Pepe is that when he's on form, he's brilliant, he's skillful, he's got an amazing left foot on him, but he's just so inconsistent. 
Um, and I think one of the things that Arteta is looking for at the moment is that level of consistency. Obviously, we have got the FA Cup coming um, in a couple of weeks. Obviously, after after Christmas, we'll start to see the, the third round kick in. And if he doesn't go in January, um, sorry, in the January market, I do see him featuring in the uh, in the FA Cups. But for me, if um, Bukayo Saka is out injured, hands down, Martinelli starts for me. Mm. It's one of those things that, that, that I think you've hit the nail on the head there is Arteta is after consistency because to, to finish in the top four, he knows as a player to be the very best, you have to be there week in, week out. Even if you have a bad game and a hard game, you have to be consistent with your performance. Mm-hmm. Um, and you saying about Pepe possibly on the, being on the way out, do you think Newcastle could be a possible destination? Um, yes. Obviously, I don't know if you heard um, Gabby Abonglahore on TalkSport. I think he summed it up very well. Is if you got offered forty thousand pound a week to play at Newcastle or thirty thousand pounds to play a week to play at Brentford, every player would choose Brentford. Newcastle is too far north. The weather's a bit shit. Okay, you've got good fan base, <laughs> but no one wants to live there. Um, there's there's nothing. Um, so I think the the owners there are not footballing people, and are thinking that actually the law of money will bring in players but i think they're gonna struggle maybe more than what they anticipated um now i think loans may be a way forward because you're not living there permanently and it keeps them up um i mean does it have do you have to uh you have to have to stay in the in the premier league which at this very moment in time i think looks like a very unlikely scenario um so you can have all the money they like but i feel like that newcastle it's just been bought. They're going to be more austerity than they were under Mike Ashley if they get relegated. Because I think they'll just pull the plug and pull everything out of that club. Um, well, that I did. Um, you you mentioned about the uh, Gabby Abunglahor, uh conversation. I was actually listening to that, and I think he made a very good point. Obviously, the the takeover from the consortium for Newcastle has not been any secret. Everyone knows that the 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 consortium or the 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 new owners are really really wealthy yeah so newcastle if they do want to make any signings for what would be a, a 30 million pound player they are going to have to play pay pay, pay a premium for, yeah um in order to to secure those signings obviously as you said with the um the location of newcastle up in the northeast it is a bit cold and drab and um but i think one of the only things that newcastle i suppose in a sense obviously i don't want a bad mouth Newcastle completely because I think it's it's quite nice up there. I've been up there up that way a few times, but um, <clears throat> certainly the the football team is one of the best things about Newcastle. Oh, it's it's the lifeblood of the city, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. They've got diehard fans there, uh, and if you go and play for them, I, sorry, yeah, I'll rephrase it. If you go and play for them. Um, you will be adored by the fans, even if you have a bit of a crap display. Whereas if you manage them, it's a bit of a different story altogether. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's I, I do think that what you mentioned earlier about the the whole destination for Pepe, I have seen rumours of it um, in the in a, the past few weeks, and I think it is going to be something like a stupid offer to get him to go up there. Um, to uh, to play for Newcastle, and I, I wouldn't be surprised because at the end of the day, they're football players. They want to play football. Well, the majority of them want to yeah. play football, and um, it's I, I don't see it happening at the moment with with the squad that we've got. No, and you think it would be would be a decent decent signing for Newcastle? I think Max Maximin on one side, Pepe on the other, Callum Wilson up front. They just have to sort out sort of defensively uh, what's going on. Um, yeah. Who knows? But John Joe Shelby. Did force a save out of uh, Aaron Ramsdale, and what a save it was! Yeah, he likes a picture perfect save, doesn't he? Absolutely, he absolutely I, loves it. He did uh, obviously have a bit of a wince on him afterwards, um, possibly overstretching. But yeah, we've we've seen some absolutely standout saves uh, from Aaron Ramsdale over the course of the season since he's come in. And I do go back to the the point where he did sign. I think the people that come out and said um, who, why the, are we buying this player? He's been relegated X amount of times. Um, but 
there's there's yeah, you being one of them. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I think hands down signing the season for us. He's been phenomenal. We've, He's proved me wrong. Yeah, we've seen so many inconsistencies over the last couple of years in terms of our goalkeeping from Bird Leno. I'm not saying that he's a bad keeper. He's obviously a keeper that was very, very down on his confidence. Um, because up until the point that he got injured the year that we won the FA Cup a couple of years ago, he he was by far the best player. He was the shining light amongst the team because, again, there are certain games that we could have had cricket scores. But once he got injured, he was... Uh, he, has been a bit ropey, mm. uh, inconsistent. We're playing out from the back. Some few dodgy passes have, have cost us. Um, and I think it's taken something like Aaron Ramsdale coming in to see what a difference a good goalkeeper makes. I can't, even, I can't, I've forgotten how many clean sheets that we've kept yeah. um, already this season. And how often can you say that about an Arsenal team over the last few years? Mm. It's true. I think he has kept you in games. I think he has made you better. Uh, and just to say that, the, the, we're down to two. So at number five for Ballon d'Or, N'Golo Kante. Number four, Kareem Benzema. Number three, Jorginho. Ah, okay. So that leaves Levin, you, Lewandowski and Messi. Um, Messi. Messi's got it. But hey-ho, hey-ho, we'll wait and see. And that led us on to a nice little score for West Ham against Manchester City, if you're a Manchester City fan. Um, <laughs> so let, I've made myself some notes about this game. Obviously, it was snowing. There was a full con cohort of West Ham fans there, even though none of the trains were running into Manchester. So I think we did quite well to get everyone there. Um, however. We were outclassed. We were outplayed for long periods of that match. Uh, we only had 31% possession. We had five shots to City's 15. Um, so in that sense, I think we did quite well. Uh, but Fabianski, what I'd say, rooted to the spot for two goals yet again. Seems to be very heavy on his feet this season. I've said it over and over again. He's not good enough. Um and I know you have to stick with your, your number one goalkeeper, but I want to see Ariola playing in the Premier League. We've been phenomenal in Europe, and he's been the player. We've been phenomenal in the Cups. He's been the player. Get me in the Premier League. We're, we're, we're in need of a win now. Um, otherwise, this is where that drop-off in form comes. And I know we've had lots of games and this, that, and the other. But so does every other team that, that play in the Champions League year in, year out. Um, ben Johnson cleared one off the line. Fantastic play for us. He's been phenomenal since coming into teams, keeping Soufao out of the team, funnily enough, uh, which is a feat in itself. Uh, Aaron Cresswell then cleared another one off the line with a slide uh, and collided with a post. Uh, and it being very cold, that would have stung. Uh, hopefully he's back uh, fit and up running, no problems. Uh, Fernandinho. Beated a rooted Fabianski, very similar goal to Jimenez last week, where a simple ball was played out, uh, lapse in judgment from the defence, and the goalkeeper just watches it go in. And then we get to Lanzini in like the 94th minute, wins the ball back, chests it down, lets it bounce once, and wallies it. Wallies it? Volleys it? Wallops it. That was a mix between the two. Uh, into the top bins for 2-1. Uh, it's probably going to go down as our, our strike of the season. Uh, but all in all, being against Man City, 2-1 is okay. Makes it look better than what the game was. But you have to say we gave it a best shot. Um, we're looking slow. We're looking tired, and I don't think it helped with the uh, the international breaks. Touch wood. I don't think there is any more now for a little while, um, which is good. Uh, but I do think we need some definite reinforcements in January in the form of a solid defender uh, coming in for Ogbonna and another striker. Um, and then, yeah, hopefully we will... Uh, we will bounce back and, and finish in the top four this year. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> possibly a little bit unjust for the first goal, I think. Um, just looking at the number of ricochets it took. I mean, it, it, granted, it was poor defending at the back post. 
well, even as a schoolboy, you're you're told to to stick goal side of your player, stick goal side of your player. And a good one just had kind of like an open free reign of of the goal. And now again, it did take a, a lucky few deflections as it was coming through, but right place, right time. If your defender's not goals, I think if if your defender's goal side, that would have been that wouldn't have been one nil. But unfortunately, it was uh, one of those occasions. Um, the the second goal, I think this draws back to the point which you've said. Um, several times about West Ham, as in, as in, if you play football against us, you will beat us. Yeah. And I was looking at Fernandinho's position at the edge of the box, completely unmarked. Um, I, 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 that was it was so frustrating for me to see that because you could see there was a couple of West Ham players around that could have potentially shut him down or been a bit closer to him at that particular point that the ball was played out to him. Um, but for me, I think that was the worst goal out of the two just yeah. because of the amount of space that he had. Granted, I think uh, Fabianski could have done a bit better. I think if his initial starting position um, was a bit better, potentially palms that um, past the post. Um, but yeah, the first goal, sloppy defending. Yeah. Second goal, very sloppy defending. West Ham's goal, what an absolute belter. I saw that when, as soon as that crashed against the post in it. Yeah. I was like, yes, that is a goal. But that, it, that almost almost uh, kind of like, I want to, dare I say it, uh, uh, Thierry Henry-esque against Man United. Yeah. I know, obviously, it was a completely different post, but just the way he took it on the chest, swiveled, bosh, super finish. Absolute it, super finish. It's one of those things, Lanzini doesn't seem to do much for us anymore, apart from score absolute bangers once a season. <laughs> Um, I mean, the thing is, right, and West Ham fans will probably slay me for this, is Declan Rice has been phenomenal this year for us, going forward more, um, which leaves Suchek sort of doing a sweeping side of things, which is why we've not seen him in the box so much, making those late runs. Um, however, he's not the defensive midfielder that Declan Rice is. I think Declan Rice possibly is better going forward as well, in terms of a more technical all-round player rather than sort of that lunging last minute header but I think if Declan Rice was to sit in that defensive midfield and let Suchik wander forward we wouldn't have conceded as many goals and Lionel Messi has just won the Ballon d'Or called it I should have had a bloody bonus point on it and I'm going to say this I read something earlier um, sorry possibly a few days ago I can't remember exactly where I read it um it was either Twitter or Facebook or somewhere, some social media website that apparently Messi had leaked to someone because it had been leaked himself um, that he'd already won the Ballon d'Or. Mm. I I think that's a joke. I can't think of what he's done to justify he, winning he's, that. Here's the thing, right? He's uh, just before that Chelsea had won Club of the Year, right? So because they won the Champions League and the Women's Super League. Um, so, so, fair enough. So, what they're saying is they've got a new trophy for striker of the year, who's, who's won, and generally he's attacking players who win the Ballon d'Or. He's come second. A player who's won the Euros and part of Club of the Year for winning the Champions League has come third. And Lionel Messi, who won... The Copper America, with arguably the strongest team in the competition, because Brazil were fielding some weird and wonderful teams, has won for a mediocre season at Barcelona. At best, I and I, I get that he's the sort of the wonder child of FIFA. Uh, Ronaldo was for a while and he had a bit of a falling out of him when he wanted them to pay for his image rights and they didn't want to since then he's not won a single one <laughs> I may add he's been the lowest rate he's been lower than Messi in every FIFA um, granted did he deserve to win it last season? No he didn't uh, but it's just corruption after corruption isn't it and it, it it's it's silly because everyone all fans know that it's all corrupted and it's that's the way it is. Surely the footballers must know, but they don't. I suppose they don't want to fall out of them because otherwise that causes you loads of problems, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. 
but it's sort of a... maybe they should they should start up a new uh, a new a new um, a new awards thing like the like the Super League. We'll have yeah. a breakaway right, <laughs> a yeah, breakaway right. trophy. <laughs> but it's just it's just a bit a bit mad. Hmm. I've I'd, I would love to see the justification behind that. Um. I. I yeah. It's bullshit. Absolute bullshit. Um, anyway, but moving moving on. on, we have obviously some fixtures coming up. We have four games this week: two for West Ham, two for Arsenal. But before that, we did make some predictions. We uh, did. So, do you want to give us a little update on what those predictions were? Yes. Uh, so, obviously, we had our um, our own teams, Arsenal versus Newcastle, Man City versus West Ham. And we actually had a bit of a bonus fixture last week as well, just because uh, it was possibly one of the ties of the weekend. Um, Arsenal started the weekend off, as we mentioned earlier, against Newcastle. I predicted 3-1. You predicted 2-1. Score was 2-0. So, for an Arsenal win, we both get a point. Manchester City versus West Ham. You predicted 3-1. I predicted 4-1. The score was 2-1, so a point each. Um, Chelsea versus Man United, I thought was going to be an absolute drubbing. Um, you weren't convinced. Uh, you predicted 2-2. I predicted 3-0 to Chelsea. So an extra point for you. So that moves hey! the points out for this week. Ian, you are on three points. <laughs> I am on two. The season totals, Ian, you are currently on 23 points. I am on 23 points. <laughs> He's clawed it back. He's are, clawed it back. We are fucking massive. Yeah, so um, very disappointing week. I completely forgot about that game because I thought with that, I still get the uh, the extra point advantage, but no, not meant to be. No. Uh, so we're moving on to this week's fixtures. As you've mentioned, we have got four games this week. We've yeah. got the midweek games and also the weekend. Uh, West Ham travel to Brighton and mm. Arsenal travel to Manchester United. I think no, we're, we're I, at home. Yeah, we're I was just about to correct Brighton travel to London Stadium. <laughs> yes, and... Um, Arsenal travel to Old Trafford, and then we have West Ham versus Chelsea, so a London derby there, and Arsenal travel up to the pool against Everton on the Monday night. Um, so we'll start with the West Ham versus Brighton game. What are your thoughts? Uh, West Ham versus Brighton. Oh, obviously, Brighton have come to us, uh, and it's going to take them a long time to get into the stadium because it's fucking massive. Um <laughs> Let's get down to seriousness. We've drawn the last five uh, against Brighton. Um, Brighton have not won in the last eight, uh, but we have back-to-back defeats, which is not great. Um, I do think Brighton, I don't know if you watched it, should have won against Leeds. Um, they could have won by 15 if they'd been more clinical. It was a great game to watch. Uh, they had 20 shots Um and they actually tied for the most shots off target with Arsenal against Brentford with 14. Um, had a couple of sitters. Tyreek Lamptey was on fire. Um, however, I think we're going to be the more clinical of the two. I think it's going to be a close game. I'm going 3-2 to West Ham. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. Um, or... Um, hmm. <laughs> I think Brighton have actually pulled out a couple of um, dodgy results. Um, sorry, when I say dodgy results, I don't mean that they've been shockingly poor. I think some of the performances have warranted better results, should I say. Yeah. Um, I, and I've actually been really surprised by Brighton this year. I think... <sighs> What do I think? What do I think? You mentioned earlier, obviously, about West Ham being tired, and we've got two very close games together this week. Do you know what? I'm actually going to go for a Brighton 2-1 win on this one. I was, I was, in fact, I was afraid that I wouldn't be surprised if that was the result, um, because they, they have been very good. I just think their finishing is poor, and I think David Moyes will not want to lose three on the bounce. Uh, what's the next one? What's the next one? Manchester United versus Arsenal Ooh. on Thursday night. Um, I've got to be honest, 
I'm a little bit scared about this game. I'm a little bit scared. I know um, Manchester United's new interim manager is currently awaiting a work permit. So will he be available for the game on Thursday? Will he have enough time to work with the squad? I don't think so. Therefore, I believe uh, Carrick will still be in charge for the time being. Um, however, Ronaldo was rested over the week, the weekend mm -hmm. against Chelsea. But saying that, they didn't lose the game without Ronaldo. Um, Old Trafford, I think for us, is a bit, a bit of a difficult game. Um, I believe, I, I can't remember exactly if we won our home game and drew the away game last year or whether it was a, a win and a loss. But I know we can beat them. With some of the, the recruitment that Manchester United have made this year, um, with your likes of your, your Varane and Sancho um, and obviously Ronaldo, this is one of those things that I think is potentially going to come bite us in the arse because whilst we have been scoring goals, we haven't been as clinical as we should be. Um, I am going to go for... Gonna go for a one-all draw on this one, I think. Oh, okay. Interesting. Well, I've made a few notes. Arsenal have lost in the far last five meetings with Manchester United, uh, which is positive for you. Okay. Um, and that buff then my note after that is but new manager bounce, question mark. As mm -hmm. you said, he hasn't got a work permit yet, although he's coming in, um, and he will get one. Will he be will it be too close? For it to have any impact, um, I think regardless, Carrot showed it. Changed lineup from what Oli Solskjaer was playing, um, and it, at worst, there's going to be a lot of energy with players wanting to impress to keep their place in the squad. Um, however, will it be? It'll probably be a bit unorganised as we've seen, um, and. Will it be enough to make an impact against, a, you have to say, solid Arsenal defence? Um, I would say that's precursor with Manchester United, I think, have got the better attacking lineup. Um, Arsenal have struggled for goals this year. Uh, and it's at Old Trafford, which could make a difference. Obviously, it's a big pitch, uh, big crowd. And if it goes, if they start getting some, some uh, traction, the crowd will get behind them and it'd be a lot harder. Rams have to be man of the match with a number of good saves. But I have gone for Manchester United 2, Arsenal 1. Time for a loss, I think. Well, we had the loss against Liverpool, didn't we? So, And I think, <clears throat> I think when you look at the grand scheme of things, as I said a couple of weeks ago, um, I... Th I, I, I kind of anticipated the loss against Liverpool because I think that gives a true reflection of where Arsenal was sitting at the moment. I think if anyone has uh, any dreams of Brian Joe, then they need a realistic slap in the face because um, we're nowhere near where we want to be. We obviously can see a plan now under Arteta, which had been a little bit kind of hit and miss towards uh, the back end of last season and the start of this season. <clears throat> when I say the start of the season, I mean the first three games. But we can see some sort of identity now, which is good. Um, however, uh, the the loss against Liverpool, I think, is is kind of the reality check that we needed. We were overdue a loss, um, and I think if you're going to lose to someone, it's it, I, you you can't have any complaints about losing to uh, a very informed Liverpool, a very deadly looking Liverpool as well. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I, again, wouldn't surprise me. Wouldn't surprise me at all if we uh, if we come away with a loss on this one. Uh, we'll move on to the weekend's fixtures now. Uh, big game on the Saturday: West Ham versus Chelsea, London derby. Yeah, um, and I would like to say it'd be a nice little wedding present, wouldn't it, for a win there? It would um, be. Form means nothing in this game, though, uh, well, as we've seen in past seasons. But Chelsea are back to full strength. Lukaku's back on the bench now. Werner's got minutes under his belt. They've all right. They had the one all against United. I think that was a that was a Jorginho mistake actually, cost him the Ballon d'Or. Um, <laughs> I think the fans will be up for it, but it really does depend on the Brighton result. I think if we get a positive result in that, then it will push on and give Chelsea a good game. I think if we get a bad result in that, then we could get a tonking. So I'm going to sit on the fence, one all. Okay. If you offer me a draw at this point, I'll take it. 
Okie dokie. Um, obviously, not knowing who, uh, off the top of my head, who Chelsea are playing midweek, um, I think Chelsea are going to be ruining the the loss. Oh, sorry, the draw against Manchester United. What am I talking about? It'll probably feel like a bit of a loss to them. Um, but I Chelsea have been unbelievable already this season, even with their striker issues that they've had over the last few weeks. And I think this is going to be a very comfortable Chelsea win. Um, I'm going to go for 3-1, and I think you're going to get a lot of stick from your old man. Probably. Uh, Chelsea, <laughs> Chelsea, out of interest, are travelling to the mighty Watford on Wednesday. Oh, OK, thank you. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, no, it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, but, I mean, if anything, Werner and Lukaku being out, I think has made Chelsea look more balanced as a team. And I think they've done really well because they haven't had a striker in the team. Can't we'll see what happens. Can't have everything, can you? Nope. Leaves one last game, Mike. It does. Everton versus Arsenal. Arsenal. Everton. We've been to we've been to the old Goodison Park, mate. We know it's it can be an intimidating place mm. to go to from looking at the stadium. However. Um, it's got to be said, the Rafa Benitez is doing a very poor job at Everton at the moment. You mean Agent so, Benitez? <laughs> that's what I was just about to say. Um, so, some of the cynics are um, obviously thinking that he is favouring his beloved Liverpool. Um, <clears throat> personally, I I don't see any form of identity with Everton at the moment. I know, again, they've got a few injury issues. <clears throat> but just from looking at their um, their last two fixtures, they've picked up some very, very poor games, uh, only pulling out one draw in their last six fixtures, and that was against Spurs. Um, us, on the other hand, obviously, depending on how the Manchester United game goes, looking at our current form, we've, as I just mentioned, we're only in one loss in six, and that was against Liverpool. Um, I think, I know we have struggled previously travelling away, um, Goodison Park is one of those games where you always kind of look out for that particular fixture because you know once we come up there, they are going to be coming at you hard. Um, and it's it's the pressing game that we don't really like when teams come at us. It, that's when we seem to struggle. Mm -hmm. I do see a bit of that, um, but I think this is going to be a very comfortable two 0 win for us. Oh, it's slightly different. It's slightly I'm different. I'm going for a clean shape. Got him. Slightly different to what I've said. In fact, I don't know what score I really read down because there's lots of numbers there. But uh, Everton will be coming off a big loss to Liverpool because it is the Liverpool Everton derby midweek, and I think they're going to get spanked. Because I think you are right, but he's not doing a great job. Um, I personally think if they do get spanked, that could be the end of Benitez. Um. And that would then leave, obviously, what's his face to uh, to come back in. Big dunk. Big dunk. Big dunk. I wanted to call him Big Reg, <laughs> but I don't know, if, know why. Um, but and and obviously he had that's his other day. Yeah, but he had he had the uh, the effect, the desired effect, didn't he? A couple of years ago, uh, playing off passion. But if if that's the case, it could be a different game. However, I do think. You will show a bit more of a clinical side against a very lacklustre Everton at the moment. 3 0. I'm assuming to Arsenal. Yeah. I just want to be clear. Yeah. I just want to be clear. Yeah, 3 0 to Arsenal. I'm not sure if it, if I went 1 0, 0 0 or 4 1 because there's lots of numbers there. I'm just going to go with 3 0 because that jumped out at me from, from all the numbers that are there. Um, but yeah. So. That is that is that is a score. So after this weekend, Mike, not only am I going to be married, I'm also going to be ahead of you on the points. We'll see. We'll see. I might give it to you this week just because it is your wedding. Don't get bonus points that, for that. That's because <laughs> I've scored. Whee! Yeah, I am. Um, no. Oh, <laughs> worth a try. Worth a try. Um, if I'm honest. Messi winning that award has sort of ruined my faith in football a little bit. Mm. Um, Not as much as VAR. 
I don't think there was any horrendous decisions this week, though, was there? No, um, I've just been over the last couple of years. Uh, yeah, VAR should be winning the bloody Ballon d'Or. Should, should be winning the bribery year. award. <laughs> but yeah, I um, that's that is really infuriating that he has won it. I think um, the more deserved winners out there, and I think it's a shame for Lewandowski, who should have had one last year. Do you reckon that's why they've made that category? What, or do you think striker? that's been? Yeah, or yeah. do you reckon that's just an, an overdue? Um, um, I think it's, something's overdue, but then you have to look at why they're not doing midfielder and uh, defender. defender. Um, how do you judge the best defender? Because actually, the best defender is probably in, in like the the Belgian seventh league, and he, he makes one hundred and seven blocks a game. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, it's just yeah. It's a it's a very strange thing. I get I get the Yashin Award because goalkeepers are not going to struggle to make that impact with um, the same way that strikers do. Do you know what I mean? If it, it, the only time really you hear about goalkeepers having a good game is if they make a really picturesque save, a bit like Aaron Ramsdale's done over the last few weeks, or they've made an absolute howler. If they've had a solid game and no one's been out beat them, you just go, oh, it's clean sheet. Moved on. Oh, but did you see that uh, Antonio scored two? Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. they were shitty goals. It was like rebounds and and tappings. But but he he gets more plaudits than the goalkeeper would have done for keeping a clean sheet, and making seven saves. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think it's a sort of a little cop bit of a cop out of we should have given you one. I don't know why they didn't go. Oh, and here's the belated one for the last year where you should have won it quite clearly. Yeah. But, yeah. Does. They'll probably say, well, it takes away from this year's winner. I mean, not really, because it's last year, and actually you finished second this year, so you've not done too terrible. I've gold and silver. But, uh, yeah, all fun. It's all fun and games, isn't it? All fun and yeah. games. Um, I don't think there's been anything else that's happened in the world of football this week. No. So, in, in that sense, it's probably a good place to wrap up. Um it's almost Christmas. It is almost Christmas. Advent but you know calendars we have. Uh, go on. Your wedding, mate. Yeah. I'm just going to keep reiterating it to you until you freak out. And... But yeah, it's it's your wedding. Mm. Your wedding this week. Please leave them a like and a, and a comment down in the, uh, in the comment section below. Just wishing them well. I will be. Or oh, I, I, I like, like praying for me something. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's not bad, mate. It's not a bad thing. Doesn't change anything. It's just she's got a tick instead of ticking miss. She'll tick a box that says misses. If anything, it's an inconvenience to Jenna. So, and <laughs> on that positive note, uh, I have been Ian. I've been Mike. We have been on the air, and we are FDT TV. We hope you enjoyed it, and we'll see you next week. Thanks very much.